this is Thomas Lloyd, Artistic Director of the Bucks County Choral Society, welcoming you to the second episode in a series of podcasts introducing the monumental setting of the Latin Requiem Mass by the French Romantic composer Hector Berlioz. We are encountering the unique and at times outrageous originality of the Berlioz setting of these ancient words by comparing his music to that of Mozart and Verdi setting the same words. The second movement of the Berlioz Requiem is the first of five movements covering the words of the most important liturgical text of the Mass for the Dead, called the Sequence, beginning with the famous words Dies Irae, or Day of Wrath. In the Requiem Mass, this long prayer takes the place of the Gloria and Credo in the ordinary Latin Mass. Unlike other liturgical texts, the Dies Irae sequence is poetry, not prose, and it is ancient poetry dating back to at least the 12th century. It is also highly compact, 17 three-line trochaic stanzas ending with three two-line couplets, all with resonant alliteration of words throughout and a two-syllable rhyme scheme. Dies ire, dies illa, solvet seclum in favilla, teste David cum Sibilla. Day of wrath, that day in which the world shall dissolve into ashes, as witness David with the Sibyl. Quantus tremor est futurus, quando iudex est venturus, cuncta stricte discusurus. What a great tremor there will be when the judge shall come to carefully weigh all things. It is easy to hear how the power of the rhyme and meter of these lines would be attractive to composers. It is also worth noting that this is the only Christian liturgical text that makes reference to a pagan authority, in this case, the female prophets known to the Greeks as the Sibyls. The poet is saying that this day of judgment is not only recognized by the descendants of Moses, but by the secular world as well. However, the Requiem is not Berlioz's first encounter with this text. Seven years earlier, in his now famous, but at the time completely incomprehensible, Symphony Fantastique, he quotes the Gregorian chant version of this ancient text in the concluding movement, played forebodingly by the tuba, depicting a witch's Sabbath, suggesting death and final judgment in a quite non-Christian setting. Let's listen first to the original Gregorian chant, sung by Sequentia, and then Berlioz's version of the same melody in his Symphony Fantastique. Berlioz divides these 20 stanzas of text into five movements. This is not much different from Mozart, who uses six movements, but quite different from Verdi, who splits the powerful text into six distinct but connected sections of a single long movement. Mozart's setting of the first two stanzas is the most condensed, but nonetheless powerful for its operatic depiction of the Day of Judgment. After the opening outburst, the tenors of the chorus lead in what sounds like the cries of the damned. 
Verdi's setting is actually quite similar to Mozart's and in fact may have been directly inspired by it. The opening bars are famous for the four resounding whacks of the bass drum. The music for the chorus again suggests the wailing of the condemned souls in the midst of the flames of hell. third stanza of the Dies Irae sequence is famous for its depiction of the sound of the trumpet, here called tuba in Latin, calling the dead from their graves to come before the judgment seat. Tuba mirum spargent zonum per sepulcra regionum coget omnes ante tronum. The trumpet sends out its miraculous sound throughout the tombs of the region, summoning all before the throne. Mozart chose the trombone to be his brass instrument of judgment, composing a simple but powerful solo that has been a favorite of trombonists and audiences ever since. As we will hear later, Verdi chooses to follow the model of Berlioz for his setting of the tuba mirum by employing four brass choirs surrounding the audience to evoke the full terror of the last day. But first, let's listen to how Berlioz approaches the first two stanzas leading up to the tuba mirum in a quite different way from both Mozart and Verdi. Rather than starting with an outburst, as they do, he begins with a simple melody played in unison by the basses and cellos.
One might even speculate if Berlioz was inspired here by his idol Beethoven, who in his first statement of the Ode to Joy theme in his Ninth Symphony uses only the basses and cellos. Berlioz then goes on to introduce a second, completely different melody, this time with the higher registration of the sopranos and woodwinds. The melody again stands by itself, without harmony or accompaniment of any kind, as though the solitary soul stands in awe of an event that he or she knows is inevitable, but still beyond comprehension. Berlioz then adds to the building anticipation of the cataclysmic event by adding yet a third, a fourth, and even a fifth melody to the texture. The lyrical tone of the early melodies now changes to quicker, shorter motifs that suggest desperation. Dies ire, dies illa, dies ire, dies illa. Whereas Mozart and Verdi each take less than two minutes to get to the sound of the trumpet, Berlioz takes a full six minutes of gradual accumulation of these melodies, voices and instruments to build up to the climactic moment. This masterful suspension of time has a profound effect, especially when listening in a live performance. Here's just a brief passage from this section where you can hear several melodies going at once. Finally, we come to the moment for which the Verdi Requiem is perhaps most famous, but which was modeled on the more elaborate original example of Berlioz. The French composer himself had long dreamed of the effect of multiple wind bands and drums at the four corners of the world, growing out of a tradition of outdoor band displays in the aftermath of the French Revolution. By the time Verdi composed his tuba mirum almost 40 years later, he seems to have the indoor confines of an opera house in his mind as he distributes four pairs of trumpets around the space, with no drums and relatively little back and forth between the four brass choirs. The common rhythmic elements we hear in both settings are the dotted clarion call, dum, and the expansive triplets.
Berlioz composed his requiem for the vast expanses of the Cathedral des Invalides, a memorial church to the military heroes and eventual burial site of Napoleon. You can see a contemporary sketch of the event itself on the podcast page of my website, thomasloydmusic.com. Berlioz employs not only trumpets in the four corners of the vast nave for which he composed this piece, but trombones, tubas, and eight sets of kettle drums, or timpani. We hear the rhythms that Verdi later imitated, but with more complexity and back and forth between the four bands. And when the chorus finally enters, the brass stops so that we can hear the words clearly sung by the men of the chorus over the rumbling of the timpani. also seems to imitate Berlioz by creating a stark contrast for the subdued reaction of the stunned individual in the face of this cataclysm. Verdi has a bass soloist to claim from the bottom of his range the words mor stupebit et natura, death is stunned and nature as well. While Berlioz has all the bases of the chorus almost muttering the same. Let's listen first to Verdi and then to Berlioz. Thank you. 
Verdi ends his choral section with the passage we just heard before moving on to an operatic solo aria for the next set of stanzas in the Dies Irae sequence. But Berlioz concludes with the simplicity of the voices alone in an envelope of silence, singing the words, Judicanti responsura, all creation responds to the one judging. Having been overwhelmed by forces beyond our imagining, there is a tenderness and humanity here that even the dissonant note of caution from the lower strings at the end of each phrase cannot destroy. The same E-flat major chord heard so frighteningly at the beginning of the tuba mirum now concludes the movement with almost a feeling of comfort. Thus concludes the dramatic evocation of the existential moment Berlioz had long obsessed over. Thank you for listening to this podcast of the Bucks County Choral Society, introducing the remarkable music of the Berlioz Requiem in advance of our Sunday, March 18, 2018 performance at Our Lady of Guadalupe Church in Doylestown. 
For more information and tickets, go to buckschoral.org. Recordings on this podcast were of John Elliott Gardner conducting Mozart, Colin Davis's 1985 recording of the Berlioz Requiem, and Arturo Toscanini's historic recording of the Verdi Requiem. See you next time.